Hello, I'm excited you found your way here. I'm your host, Ashley Rennick, and you're listening to Waldorfy. In each episode, I explore and explain Waldorf education and its anthroposophical roots. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening in. Today, we'll be discussing all things having to do with birthday celebrations and the Waldorf approach. I know many of you have perhaps seen the beautiful posts or photos on social media, but I really wanted to dive into how a birthday is or should be a lot more meaningful than a pretty photo. I really have to give Chinyula Kuntz, my guest, all the credit for this episode. I've been planning to have her back on the show since I spoke with her last, which was for episode 605, all about the mood of the fifth. I just threw the ball on her court asking if she had any idea for what we could discuss, and she's the one who threw out Waldorf birthdays, and I'm so glad she did. We'll speak more about this at the end of this episode, and it'll be on the show notes page too, but Chinyulu explores loads of topics in the realm of Waldorf, Waldorf early childhood, early childhood development, parenting, and more on her podcast, We Nurture, which you can find at her website, WeNurtureCollective.com, and on Apple Podcasts. So you know, the show notes for this episode can be found at waldorfie.com forward slash Waldorf birthdays. As always, I have to give a big shout out to all of our generous Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much for supporting me to bring this content to all of you. What's Patreon, you may be wondering? Patreon is a platform where you can support creators like myself to create content that you love with a small monthly contribution. There's also bonus content over in that space that you can't access anywhere else. I just did our monthly book review for our patrons yesterday, and it was so fun. I even dropped the theme for the next podcast season for us to get buzzing about over in that space. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a supporter, just visit patreon.com forward slash Waldorfy, and Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Now let me introduce you to our guest, Chinyulu. Chinyulu was born and mostly raised in Enugu, Nigeria, West Africa. After she graduated from high school, she left Nigeria to attend university in the United States and subsequently graduated with a bachelor's degree in interior architecture, followed by a master's in architecture. It was in California that she first experienced Waldorf education when she joined a parent and child class when her son was just a little under two years old. Chinyulu has always loved learning and has been drawn to the arts for as long as she can remember, so it wasn't surprising that her first encounter with Waldorf education was a match. Chinyulu went on to earn her Waldorf Early Childhood Teaching Certificate after receiving her Lifeways North America Training Certificate in Human Development. The idea for the We Nurture podcast came to life in the fall of 2019 when it became quite clear that although parents in her class were interested in gaining a deeper understanding of parenting their young child, reading articles and books had become a real-time challenge. Through her podcast episodes, Instagram posts, and blog, Chinyulu's goal is to educate, share, and inspire. Hello, Chinyulu. Thank you so much for returning back to the show to speak with me all about Waldorf birthdays. I know that there are so many parents listening in, cares listening in, even teachers who have maybe seen the beautiful photos on social media, a silk cape or a crown uh, or a birthday ring and see the beautiful aesthetic. But there's so much more underneath that that I felt we could really explore in this episode. And you, of course, are the most warm, wonderful guest to return to speak with me all about it. So thank you for coming to speak with me. I will jump right in here with our first couple of questions, which are in respect to the child. I think as adults, we look at birthdays in a way that we don't often acknowledge actually serves us. You know, I, I'm thinking of that like 60 person first birthday with a huge cake. And um, I'm wondering 
what does celebrating a child's birthday actually offer the child and does it support their development in some way? That's, a, you know, really, really good questions. But first, I want to thank you, Ashley, for inviting me again. And I will, I will jump into my, my answer here. So I think, you know, first and foremost, that, you know, I believe that what the child's birthday offers them is an opportunity, you know, to be celebrated. It's a wonderful thing. And also to rise to the occasion of a new year in life. And also an opportunity to acknowledge, you know, they're, as parents, you know, we're acknowledging this step into this new stage in their development. And for some children, this can feel rather uh, overwhelming in the midst of a, of a birthday when I've heard some parents say, you know, we celebrated my child's fourth birthday or third birthday, and they said, no, I'm not three, I'm two, or no, I'm not four, you know, I'm three, you know. So I think you know, this, this celebration also really kind of just acknowledges that, and that's important, you know, takes that opportunity. But I think, you know, perhaps what is most special is that it offers the child an opportunity to hear stories about, you know, when they were born or how they came to be with their family. And not that this doesn't happen or can't happen at other times, but taking this opportunity when it's your child's birthday, actual birthday, and to just sit with them and tell them the story about their birth, how they were born, or how they came to be with the family, since not everybody's born into the family with their, with, you know, biological parents. So I think perhaps, you know, when they hear their own unique story, that this holds the greatest meaning for the child and great meaning for their birthday celebration, because each one of us, you know, even the young, young child has this connection to their own story. And even though as they hear about their birth story, you know, they, they do carry that within them and they love to hear their own, you know, unique birth, birthday story or birth story. And I also think that often, you know, as, as a parent, this question can, comes to us from our child, even when they're very young, they might even say, tell me about, you know, when I was born. And it's something that, you know, that they need to hear. And more, more than just the details, I think they really are looking for that heart connection. And there are, you know, they're, they're looking for this, this deeper connection through, you know, how we tell the story. And hearing their birth story or how they came to be with their family gives a child a sense of who they are. It's a big part of their identity. And this is something that belongs to the child's birthday celebration. And it also belongs to how we are helping them in their development. Because this this is all part of who they are becoming, and they need to connect to their identity. And this really offers the child, you know, volumes. And what I feel is also important when celebrating a child's birthday is that the parent, you know, makes, or the parents, you know, they, that they make a conscious effort to connect with their child on their special day. And again, this is through the stories that they might be hearing, or if it's a celebration, and the child is already connected to their birthday, maybe there's special things that are happening on that day that the parent knows that 
will make the child feel special or maybe the, the parent is in is involving them in some aspect of preparing for the birthday and maybe you know as each year goes by this supports them in their stage of development because they're giving them something a little more to do something more to kind of step step into step up to and i think that this will have greater meaning this connection that we make in celebrating the child's birthday will have greater meaning than any present that they might receive and the memories of that will will be something that they hold dear and then just thinking of celebrating a child's birthday i think it's you know, also an an opportunity to give you know, the child a full heart experience which i believe comes out of the feeling of like i mentioned before like belonging like you belong in this family you are secure here you're safe here which is really very necessary in these young years of life and i think taking this birthday celebration time is an opportunity to really bring that into kind of like a fuller picture with your you know with your child that that makes the birthday celebration that much more special it's more it's it just goes deeper into the heart than than things that we might be buying or or choose to buy you know the the presents that they receive and it's this birthday celebration i think an, a way to bring that into a fuller deeper meaning is to again as i mentioned or spoke about just a minute ago is that they they've come into the family and to and to talk about you know their place in their family and what they contribute to the family that that's really a celebration of the child's own individuality and that is important to their their own sense of self and their own development and then also giving them this feeling of being wanted and and loved like if a birthday celebration can really just highlight that more than anything else that how deep that really um nourishes a child's heart all of them and i think that you know isn't that what every child wants to know that they are loved and they are are wanted so if that can be first and foremost the the feeling that we bring into a birthday celebration then i think we would have as parents accomplished a lot and it and it's actually very paramount to their healthy development this is what feeds them as they're developing and growing to know that they belong they're loved they're wanted and then thinking of you know like in in world of education early early childhood education where you know i spent lots of time in the in the classroom there's also then this spiritual side the young child as we speak about it in 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 the early years in world of education you know they are from this time of birth to 7 they're so new here on the earth they still have this connection with the with the spiritual world so for them having a, a birthday celebration that is really just filled with awe and wonder and magic in the sense that there's a lovely ritual that we bring to it that this is something that really touches them and something that they can really connect to and it's kind of difficult without experiencing like a world of birthday celebration it's kind of difficult to get this whole like imagination but maybe i can just 
give a little picture. Should I do that, Ashley? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So first, I'd love to share a section from a poem. And the name of the poem is Ode on Intimations of Immortality from Recollections of Early Childhood. And it's by William Wordsworth. I think it's just so beautiful. And it paints this picture of the spiritual aspect of the young child, you know, that where they're connected in their early years. So it says, Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting. The soul that rises with us, our life star, hath at elsewhere its setting and cometh from afar, not in entire forgetfulness and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory do we come. So I think, you know, this is so powerful. And, and just to kind of get to the essence of it, what, what, it, what it says, and I think, you know, this is also what we as Water for Early Childhood teachers aspire is to recognize the individuality of the child. Like they aren't copies of us. They are their own self. They've brought with them their own um, destiny to fulfill. And I think this is something that the child wants us to recognize. So with each year, you know, each birthday year, we as parents and family and friends also, but we as parents especially are witnessing their becoming. And they want us to witness this becoming and to acknowledge and celebrate that. So this is something that is also a part, I believe of the birthday celebration. Like I said, you know, they've come to fulfill their their life's their life's purpose. So I think, you know, these words, when I think of these words and and the picture that they give, that it's something that we can find our way into seeing like, you know, how can I acknowledge my child for who they are? And sometimes that can just be at the birthday table in the classroom, um, when I was um, teaching in the classroom, we would, I'd set the table beautifully with a beautiful tablecloth. Of course, all the school friends, you know, were there, maybe 12, 14 other children. And we'd gather little flowers and put it at the children's places where they would sit, maybe a little special bowl or dish for the birthday child. And then the candles, the candles were like magic for the children. And the candles just also brought in this reverent mood. And I think it's also wonderful to take an opportunity to find like how you can have a reverent mood when celebrating a child's birthday. And and then, you know, it doesn't all have to be so serious and introspective the entire time, but this is one way to take an opportunity to acknowledge that you see your child for the individual that they are and that they are becoming. That is all what such a beautiful depiction, such a beautiful image that you created for us of what a birthday can be. And I I love how you talked about creating a sense of belonging and that being really the center of the celebration because that can be so authentic and meaningful to families and carers celebrating children who have come to them through uh, some means that wasn't they weren't the gestational parent. If they're not the gestational parent, if it was adoption or however they came to the family that they are valued and they belong and that specialness. Uh, what a 
that being the center, I think is what I heard. It's just so lovely and so meaningful and can be so meaningful for all families with celebrating the special arrival of children into the family. And I was wondering, you were talking about the individuality and celebrating that part of the child on this special day. My understanding of the early childhood years, there's also this trying to create a whole. So is this kind of a moment of separateness from that? Or maybe you can even just describe what what that is within the early childhood classroom, that you have this child as a part of a whole, is part of the early childhood education, and then how this kind of moment may be like a moment separate from that? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, you're right. In Waldorf education in the early childhood um, years, yes, we the we see the, the the group of children. As one teacher used to say years and years ago when I was living in Canada, she called it the royal we. Like it's the whole. It's the whole. The whole. The whole group. So when we're working with the children, we're working with the whole, and not necessarily calling out the individual, but when it comes to the birthday celebration, we are then, at least this is how I celebrated it and how I've seen other, some other teachers celebrate it, we are then speaking to that individual child. So then, for example, let's say the birthday, the birthday story, let's say that, the birthday story. So when telling the birthday story, I would often write the story for the child, for that individual child. And then I would get, ask the parents in advance for like, what was the day like when your, when your uh, son was born or your daughter was born? And who was there when they were born or when they came to the family? And find out little details, you know, what was the, what was the weather, you know, was it um, on that particular day? And so then too, just maybe asking a couple questions about how it was when they first saw their child. And so in telling the story, then it is about that child's own kind of guardian angel, bringing them to the family. And then me then also bringing in these other aspects about them and their own unique story. So it wasn't about the whole group. It was about them. Or even at the table when celebrating, um, I would often have with their, make their cake, something that they particularly liked. Not that I would question them, but, you know, over time, get to know the children. And the parents would maybe bring in a particular kind of like fruit that they loved, that they wanted to share. Their spot at the table was made special. So not everybody had the same setting that they had. And then things that were that were brought in or set up for them that let them know that, like, I, I know who you are. I know what you like. And here I have brought these things to honor your day. I see you as you, as you are this special, separate, as all of the other children are, but this special, unique individual. So... And as a teacher in a classroom, you know, these were the, these were the, the small ways that I could then honor them and their own unique self. Yes. Every time, oh, as you were describing that, Jinyu Lu, I was just mm-hmm. thinking, I want 
to celebrate my birthday with you. <laughs> just the love and specialness and care that you create and just beautifully described there is, mm -hmm. is everything. Have you been looking for something specially crafted to entertain and enrich your child's developing mind? Wouldn't it be amazing if this content promoted values like kindness, empathy, and respect to help build a gentler world? Would you love a break but feel a little guilty about turning the TV on? Then you're going to be pretty excited to learn about Sparkle Stories. With Sparkle Stories, your family can enjoy a world of 1,300 plus original audio stories for ages three and up. Sparkle Stories is dedicated to helping the world go a little slower and be a little kinder. Their audio-only approach invites children to adventure, wonder, and dream in a safe and secure way. Audio stories are a low-pressure way to make even the shyest of readers hungry for more adventure and learning. My older son is three and a half, and I love that I can search for stories based on his age or story topic. For him, I love that the stories are recorded slowly for young ears, ensuring maximum comprehension and enjoyment. It's been such a nice way to build a quiet rest time into our active days. I've also gifted Sparkle Stories to my six-year-old niece twice now, and I know she enjoys the longer tales and ongoing series. My favorite thing about Sparkle Stories, it is such a great alternative to the TV. Their audio-only stories spur children to use their imaginations and grow their curiosity compared to image-based entertainment like TV. Especially having our new little one in the house, I love using Sparkle Stories to keep my three-year-old's mind engaged and having fun while I get things done. I've teamed up with Sparkle Stories to offer an extended 30-day free trial so you can enjoy the entire library of Sparkle Stories, over 1,300 original audio stories for ages 3 and up, and you can trust me, you will enjoy. To sign up, just visit sparklestories.com forward slash sign up and use code WALDORFEE and know that this coupon code is just good through the end of 2021, so don't delay. I just love Sparkle Stories' selection of gentle stories for growing minds. I am wondering... How you feel birthdays, I see them even now as an adult, can feel so overwhelming. And I'm wondering how you see we can make the day special as parents, carers, and teachers without having it be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Well, one way to not make it overwhelming, and you mentioned this, I think, very early on before we started speaking, you know, about how sometimes birthdays can just be filled with lots of people, 60 or more or 30 or more, or whatever that number might be. You know, I think just keep it simple and small, especially for, you know, thinking of these of these early years. And so, for example, one kind of rule of thumb, or maybe I can't say rule, but suggestion perhaps that as teachers we would, we would uh, give to children is like, well, if your child is turning four, maybe you just have five children there. They're age plus one. You know, because birthdays for children are just so over, you know, can easily get so overwhelming. And I think, you know, this then can lead to them falling apart, having a tantrum or a big meltdown. And then our expectations or what we anticipated, how lovely the day would go, we just kind of see it crumbling. And from my experience, you know, as a teacher, I found that it's really a lot to ask a young child to be the focus of attention, especially for too long. And for some children can, can, you know, can take it, you know, kind of manage it, hold it, and then 
you know, I don't know, maybe later on they fall apart. So at times I would hear this from parents, you know, they just couldn't believe how their child acted towards other children towards the end of the party. And, you know, they were probably just so overwhelmed. And some children just can't tolerate it at all. They might start falling apart much earlier, you know, in the day of the celebration, on the day of the celebration. So the first thing I think we have to start with is just keeping it simple and keeping the numbers down. And then just, I think, you know, often it just requires our patience to, as they, as our child grows and they're able to then really take this place of being more in the, you know, more of the focus of attention and I think keeping the celebration short, often I would say to parents, maybe, you know, two hours is all that's really needed. Keep the activities simple, maybe a fun craft, you know, to make with the children. Young children just, they just don't need a lot. Now, there's a big difference, you know, I think between turning three or four and turning seven. And there's also a big difference then when we think of our child's personality and their temperament that all that has to be taken into consideration. And then I think you mentioned this early early on too, Ashley, you know, we really have to ask ourselves, is the celebration that we're planning for us or is it really for the child? And then if it is for truly we're we're thinking, I really want this to make this, you know, for my child. And then really take a look, consider your child's likes and dislikes. And as I mentioned just a minute ago, consider their personality and their temperament. As a parent, you would have seen them in all different kinds of situations and, and really know, like, how are they around large groups of people? Maybe the number I want to invite is, is too much. And then, you know, we can also ask ourselves, what can, what can my child reasonably manage when it comes to being the center of attention in a group of people? We've even come to celebrate them. I know as a, as a teacher in the classroom, there were many times where the children had their friends there that they knew in the classroom and maybe mom and mom and dad would come or mom and mom would come or grandma would come and, and it was too much even to have their parents there. And then they would whip off the crown or whip off the cape or say, don't look at me. It's, it, it, you know, it's, it's something that's in and of itself being the focus of attention is a lot to ask of a, of a young child. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to take into consideration more than just planning the, the, the birthday celebration. Absolutely. I <laughs> feel like it's not always expected to the child that actually struggles in that large group and observing your own child and knowing your own child is the key. And also, maybe the moment. I know my son who's just turned three in May, he's not, I would not describe him as shy. He, as a baby, like you could turn on the blender, loud noises, like he just didn't easily get overwhelmed by very much. Mm -hmm. And maybe just in this period of having been isolated quite a bit, by now he's most overwhelmed in groups of people. He seems to be fine at school and his I've described his teacher as like a wizard of the with the children <laughs> as she moves them all around but um he yeah even just having a couple the couple of friends that live next door over now is he can very easily get overwhelmed and mm -hmm. we did only have just the two of them outside at his birthday and mm -hmm. it was really lovely but it was that's definitely all we could have done and it's mm -hmm. interesting because you know my parents and other people that know my son would I think 
maybe not know that about him. Yeah, in a group, it's very, very stimulating for him. And also just this time having been, you know, quite isolated, it just kind of adds a whole other layer to it. And doing something small this year, so small and short, just made it so simple and enjoyable for for all of us. And that's the other thing too. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. um, what I had also mentioned at the beginning, which is, is the is the celebration for us or is it for the child? And I think that there's something to be said for actually taking a moment as a parent or care or teacher, perhaps of the child to actually step back and observe or celebrate your own relationship with the child kind of coming into your life. I know my husband and I, before either my son wakes up or the night before we talk about the his birth story and how he came to us and it's always so special and mm-hmm. kind of emotional actually before we start this day of celebration with him and it really creates the space for us to have our own thing you know before we make the day actually about him exactly and i think we started that kind of on his first birthday and it was such a nice tradition actually i think on his first birthday we did it at the end of the day with like a glass of wine (laughs) 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 like we survived the first year but um (laughs) however parents choose to do it and maybe that's can be with just parents and grandparents like after the child's gone to bed or something i think that that creating a little bit of separateness for our own kind of celebrations is totally okay and even good. I don't know mm-hmm. if you did that with your children. Yeah, well, with my first, when he, yeah, turned one, I was not, I had not discovered Wall of Education yet. And we had this big party for him. So speaking out of experience, he was overwhelmed. And I could see why, you know, at the end of the day, and then it changed after that. There were, We had so many friends that just wanted to come and celebrate him turning one. But after that, I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> And then with my other two children, you know, them coming along too, I just kept it very simple. Yeah, very, very simple. And my youngest especially was very sensitive. But even my even my second, my my second, she too was also very, very, very sensitive too. So just kept the celebrations ever so simple. The other benefit of keeping it simple too is that when we're less overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. the child is less overwhelmed. I mean, I know there's this whole connection of their, especially as a parent or care, their etheric energy, you know, to us. Mm -hmm. My son, just the other day, I like hurt my back for, it wasn't anything big, but he was so sensitive to me hurting. He'd said, oh, Mm -hmm. turn the the fire, let's get the fire going so you can warm it up. Or Mm -hmm. here, I'm going to take my monkey and he's going to take all your back pain and throw it out the window. Like Mm -hmm. he was just so sensitive to how I was feeling. And I don't think I was being like dramatic or anything like that. But this just to say that if I'm overwhelmed by throwing a big party or doing too much of a craft or like doing some huge cake that's overwhelming for me, then that's not actually enjoyable for him. Right. Either. Right. So I observed that this year I did, I let him take a cookbook because he does like to bake and pick any cake that he liked out of it. And next Mm -hmm. year I think I will try to limit the selection (laughs) a little bit (laughs) because I, he picked something a little bit too elaborate. But, you know, you learn every year, I guess. You do. And we can't be hard on ourselves, right? We, as, you know, as we're learning step by step, I think it's just to, take in those learning moments, isn't it? And then readjust next time. 
Absolutely. So I'm wondering about the aesthetic, the Waldorf, I'm going to call it aesthetic of birthdays. I feel like when it comes to thinking about Waldorf, one of the first things that pops into people's mind and they see on social media and all over the place are the photos of the beautiful birthday celebration. It may be some listeners or people's first interaction with what Waldorf looks like. So I'm wondering if there's actually any specific meaning behind a felted crown or a silk cape or a wooden birthday ring, Mm. or is it just kind of warmth and specialness that we were trying to create there? Yeah, well, this is a, I I just thought, well, gosh, that's a really big, good, good, good question. So, you know, my understanding actually is that this tradition came out of Germany and that birthday celebrations, you know, can be traced in Europe, you know, going back hundreds of years. But I think it's also like very interesting to, you know, part of this perspective to to know is that that birthdays originally were reserved for royalty, for kings and queens, before others were allowed to like celebrate or even maybe had even the means to celebrate. And so although I haven't studied this history thoroughly, there's a really wonderful book. And maybe you know the book. It's called The Birthday Book, Celebrations for Everyone. Yes, I have it. I love that book. Yeah. And I think that this book really gives um, great insight into into this question, which, you know, they they talk about kind of like the history of birthdays in 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 different places. And and what they also do as well as well is they give many wonderful birthday celebration, you know, ideas and inspiration. And so the birthday, you know, the crown and the cape, I think this came out of these uh, European like fairy tales where there's this crowning, so to speak, of the birthday child. And it's it's this occasion that raises the child to this place of kind of like, if I can put it this way, there's an awakening of the self. It's bringing a consciousness to the child that they are now in this different place in their development. And so it, it symbolizes this, not that, not that as teachers in the classroom, this is what we're looking to do, but it's, it's this symbol that's representing this bringing of, of consciousness and this awakening of the self. You know, with each year, there's this more and more of this awakening of the self in the young child and this awareness of the self. And this is also what, on another level, makes a young child with this awareness, you know, it can on another level then make a young child, you know, not want to be the focus. So some children really take to the crown and the cape, and then they kind of like they're stepping up into that, that new place. And some children aren't ready for it yet, the, the, the crown and the cape. And so I think it's something that, you know, we also have to be very sensitive to for the child. And, and acknowledge that. I, I had many children in the classroom who would say, Chinilo, I, I don't want to wear the crown or I don't, I don't want to wear the silk cape because it's something that they do feel when it goes on their head or around, you know, it's tied around and they've got the cape draped at the back. And so, you know, this cape then probably also just representing this royal robe, but it has to do with this consciousness that that this awakening of consciousness and of the self bit by bit 
describe it that. does yeah. actually give depth to you know mm-hmm. what you're seeing and i think mm-hmm. as well coming back to that book the birthday book which i'll mm-hmm. have to link to on the show notes page for this episode mm-hmm. it has a section at the beginning which actually talks about how different cultures have yes. celebrated birth and birthdays mm-hmm. and i find there are all kinds of really interesting things uh, when i was thinking how do i make this special day meaningful beyond just like cake and like gifts Mm. and things that were kind of traditions that were just handed down to me. And I think at the beginning Mm -hmm. when we were speaking, you were talking about creating a sense of reverence. And I think within the family setting, the traditions that surround these celebrations, whether Mm -hmm. it's of a birthday or a child's arrival, to create the sense of belonging and warmth and specialness for the child can be all sorts of things that were not traditional to us when we grew up or Mm -hmm. perhaps are very culturally relevant for a child, for a family uh, or a care celebrating a child that, you know, maybe we don't traditionally think of in our culture, but maybe come from, you know, the culture of that family or child. And that's something that I wanted to point out here is I think that We see Waldorf and like what it should look like, especially on social media or what Mm. we think it should be. And I think the birthday celebration is really the one that can be so authentically created Mm -hmm. from the parent care or teacher for the child to center the child. And again, the family's maybe cultural traditions too, which I think you know, can be something I'd love to see more of on social media as we, you know, see birthday stuff in that space so Mm -hmm. that's true yeah and like you mentioned you know even though i'm just thinking like even though this tradition um you know came out of europe with the crown and the cape and thinking of the particularly like european fairy tales with kings and queens i think an inclusive way to think about it now is to you know keep a wider view like you're saying that and i'm saying that you know kings and queens you know stories of royalty and fairy tales exist in all cultures so Yeah, it would be wonderful to see more diversity on social media because the crowns and the capes can be made in different ways. You know, I think as long as they authentically capture the essence of that culture. Um, There were times in my classroom, you know, coming from Nigeria, I would have like a tablecloth that was a batik, you know, dyed in, um, in, in Nigeria. And there were just ways that I could bring in different aspects of you know, my own culture and include that um, in the birthday celebration. Yes. And I'm sure you could do that so meaningfully because it was authentic to you and your, Mm -hmm. you know, experience, your life experience. Little ones love receiving gifts and I love giving them. But I can't really go about buying every toy, doll, gnome, fairy, and every color, every type of animal or tree, or all the toys to create every landscape and scene. So what do I do? I make them thanks to my subscription with Toy Making Magic. Jessica, the founder of Toy Making Magic, was inspired to create her video toy making tutorials to make Waldorf toys feel more accessible to families on a tight budget. Yes, now you can make your own beautiful Waldorf toys. Each month, Jessica creates a new Waldorf-inspired toy making video tutorial. Her monthly subscription is super affordable and packed with value. You'll find tutorials for needle felting, wet felting, sewing, knitting, crochet, whittling, and more all sorts of handmade magic. What have I enjoyed making most? Felted mushroom houses, crochet crowns, play silks, and the playscapes, just to name a few. It's like the Netflix for Waldorf toy making tutorials. Now you try and tell me that you couldn't make use of that. 
I love how Jessica takes pride in her tutorials being detailed and lengthy so that even beginners can craft along with confidence. Plus, her husband is a super talented professional photographer and videographer, so the quality is really enjoyable as well. Now you can get 50% off your first month of Toymaking Magic by using the coupon code Waldorfie at checkout. To check out Toymaking Magic, just visit mamatellmeastory.com. That's mamatellmeastory.com. I think most of you know by now how much I truly love all things Waldorf. What can I say? It's what I was fortunate enough to get to experience as a child, and now I'm so enjoying learning more about all of it with you listeners as an adult. You know the Waldorf goodies are beautiful, but where do you find that quality selection of Waldorf toys, books, and art supplies? Well, you needn't look any further than Palumba. Palumba, loosely meaning wooden dove, was formed in 2007 to fill the need for the desire to have safe, high-quality, all-natural toys made in the U.S. Palumba's selection of products are carefully chosen to ensure that they're made of wood, wool, silk, and cotton along with other natural materials. Palumba is also the only retailer that features the complete Camden Rose line. Camden Rose's commitment to durability, beauty, natural, and renewable materials make them the American leader in eco-friendly natural toy and children's furniture design. A handful of items come from a women's cooperative in Peru, while the majority of items are made in the U.S. At Palumba, they believe that imaginative, open-ended play with simple toys crafted from beautiful, natural materials offers children warmth and a sense of well-being when discovering their world. If you've listened to this show before or follow on social media, you know that Palumba is my favorite place to get all the quality Waldorf things. I would so love for you to check them out. You can shop their selection of Waldorf toys, books, and art supplies at their website, palumba.com. That's P-A-L-U-M-B-A.com. I'm wondering now if you have any favorite birthday stories or songs Mm -hmm. to help celebrate a child or a child's arrival. Mm. And if you'd like to share those or where we can reference or find those stories or songs. Yes. Well, I wrote a story years ago for a birthday story and uh, for for a child. And it's one that I've used and composed in, in different ways to, you know, for different children that were in my classrooms for their birthdays. And I'll have that story available on the We Nurture podcast soon. So parents can go and and listen to that story. And I've just tried to really kind of massage it so that it's not speaking to like one individual child necessarily, or a parent can take that story and, you know, put in their child's name because birthday stories do need to speak to the individual child, you know, and not to sound like, oh, it could be anybody out there when it's told to the child or when the child hears it. And then birthday songs. Well, let's see. There are a couple that I could share. Maybe, I don't know if you want me to sing them or... I love when you sing Chinyalu. You never have to ask to sing on my show. (laughs) Actually, this song is actually, I first came to know it as a poem. But then later on, I heard it as a song and it's so beautiful. So I hope I can do it justice here. How like an angel came I down, how bright are all things here, when first among his works 
made it appear. Oh, how their glory me did crown. Oh, how their glory me did crown. So lovely. Yeah, that one just has such a spiritualness about it and the children would just be so mesmerized by it and then another one that i sung often i'll go ahead and sing that one too in heaven shines a golden star my angel brought me from afar from heaven high down to the earth and brought me to my place of birth. Welcome, welcome, lovely day with sunshine bright and flowers gay with painted birds that sing their song to make me good and kind and strong. It's such a warm specialness, I feel like, that you feel after listening to that. Yes, that was one that I would always sing after the birthday story. And then I would give the birthday child the little baby from the story that I made. And so... They would just sit there, just ready to receive. They'd have their hands together and just in such quietness, you know, imagining 14 children, two to four or five years old, just sitting in such quietness, listening to that. It really showed me early on in my teaching that children do appreciate this feeling of reverence and awe you know, that we can offer them. And there's one other fun one I could sing, if you want me to. (laughs) Yes, please. So this is a song I would sing when I was setting up in the morning, like getting the table set up and all the things arranged. I would sing, Today, 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 today is somebody's birthday. Today, 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 today. Today is somebody's birthday. It's not the elephants or the bears. It's not the apples or the pears. Today, 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 today. Today is Peggy's birthday. Then I'd say the child's name and they would go, oh, happy birthday, you know, (laughs) the child. And so it was just like a little bit of a mystery there in the beginning as they're setting up. And uh, then the child's name. And they loved that song because it was kind of funny. Or they'd come over and say, Chinny, you're making me laugh or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it must help, I'm sure, to lighten the mood a little bit when you have a child who doesn't like being that center of attention. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't like coming in with a big announcement like today is da-da-da's birthday. Or just put it in song. And they loved that then. That was right. 
And it softens it too, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And it makes it warm instead of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. directly exactly. calling attention. Yeah. And and a bit funny there. There's some funniness there too, which would then make them giggle. Like you said, it just lightens them. Yeah. And don't they just love the funny little silly things? They do. They do. Yes. To think like, oh my goodness, their teacher is being a bit silly here, but I love it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any other birthday recommendations or things that you've done in the past that you find ways to make that day celebrating a child's arrival or birth special? Mm, Yes. Well, you had mentioned the birthday ring and I didn't talk about that, but I think that that is something when we're thinking about the table that is very special to have the birthday ring. And it wasn't something that I recall, you know, when my children were born, were always these new ideas coming about. But the wonderful, the beautiful thing about the birthday ring is that they're very special little pieces, you know, that you can buy that fit in there. And with the birth, I had a birthday ring in my classroom and I would often then, you know, bring out these little pieces and the children could fit fit them in their slots. Maybe, maybe you'll have to have a link there to where parents can find a birthday ring if this is all new to them. Yes. Yeah. And I find those little, the little birthday rings, you can actually get a, um, at most craft stores, the little, get a ring or make a ring. Mm-hmm. The little holes can fit a little, mm-hmm. almost uh, like button sized piece of wood. Once you find that button size, you can go wild creating <laughs> whatever you want. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be this like, I never could find a truck. You know, my son loves trucks and tractors. And this year I just found the wooden button. And when he turns four, I'm going to make his own little things, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can, of course, find little characters and things like that. But often, you know, they're not exactly what is your own child. And I have found that not a lot of them are a diverse representation of all the different children celebrating birthdays, using birthday rings. So that can be another way to kind of be creative there too but yes i'll share like (laughs) yeah and you know just thinking of the circle you know when we were just talking a minute a few minutes ago you know thinking of the circle that in you know early childhood where it's all you know we're all together as one you know the circle represents the wholeness i was thinking and unity and being you know this inclusive like it just contains um holds everything you know And so, and this is what we do want to see, you know, uh, or to represent also in the early childhood years. So I think, you know, having the ring on the table, not that, again, not that things have to be described, but that the the feeling of that, you know, and there's the power and the circle, I believe, too, that this feeling is something that can be sensed, especially if the adult is carrying that in them. Like you said, you mentioned how your son, you know, really felt for you when when you weren't feeling well. I think what we carry in us and hold in us, that that's something that our young child will will feel. They'll feel that. So just just having that in us is 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 something to just you know really keep in our minds. And I also love that the circle, you know, represents you know eternity and timelessness, and then this cycle of the year going around these months and the seasons and then coming back again and this is something that thinking of the birthday ring you know a parent might want to incorporate this idea into the ring there's so many ideas that one can do it it doesn't uh, you know it doesn't it's not fixed so what you might see 
on social media or what you might see here or there, you know, I think it's good to just bring our own ideas and, and, and make your own also, if that's something that you're really called to do. I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful, um, something to explore. I've made one just with wood um, branches and just sanded it a bit and then, you know, drilled some, some holes in it. And so, you know, they're, they're just, there are different ways that, that one can approach that. So something to think about there. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up here, I want to remind the audience where they can find your podcast and listen to your podcast and your blog Mm -hmm. and also where they can find and connect with you for consultations that you offer parents. I know you do. And you have to talk about your book, which I, since the last time Mm -hmm. we spoke, have received an adore. Oh, thank you. So you have to speak about all three of those things. Yes. So I can be found on Instagram at we underscore nurture. And I can be also found, um, you know, through our website, we nurture collective.com. I do offer parenting coaching, which I just love. <laughs> I love speaking with parents and supporting parents in, in ways that, that they need support and help with parenting. And I, as you mentioned, I do have this uh, new book that was published, that we published, and it's called The Three Little Deers in the Great Storm. And it was kind of a scary venture at first. You know, I wrote the story as a therapeutic story to help a little girl who had been in my classroom a couple of years uh, before, you know, we went into COVID. And yeah, she she developed fears. And so when her mom contacted me, we spoke and then I wrote the story to to support her, to help her. And it worked, her mom said, just like magic within a very short time. I think, you know, just a, a couple of days or so. And so we I was looking to see, I'm always looking to find ways to be artistic and creative. And so did the book. And really wanted to find an illustrator because I've never done that before. But yeah, so my first venture there. Well, the illustrations are beautiful and we have a little silk blanket like the deer have in the book. Yeah. And it just, we've used it, the story at a couple of moments of transition or things that are new for our mm-hmm. three-year-old, which, mm-hmm. you know, can be just so challenging. And he just, I don't know what it was. He just totally responded to that story. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have actually set it aside with the little blanket for mm-hmm. actually only those moments where we need like it's like a special thing that we break, bring out when we need that kind of extra security. So mm. we love it. And thank, thank you, you for well, thank that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. So thank you so much for speaking with me about Waldorf birthdays, Chinyalu. As always, it's been lovely to have you as a guest. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here um, sharing with you too. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you all so much for listening in. As a reminder, and I mentioned it earlier, you can get 50% off your first month of Toy Making Magic by using the coupon code WALDORFY at checkout. And again, the site for Toy Making Magic is mamatellmeastory.com. Know that the show notes and resources page for this episode can be found at waldorfy.com forward slash Waldorf birthdays. 
Big thanks to Waldefee podcast partners, Palumba and Sparkle Stories for helping me to bring this content to you. You can shop Palumba's selection of Waldorf toys, books, and art supplies at palumba.com. And please be sure to visit sparklestories.com forward slash sign up to check out Sparkle Stories. And don't forget to use the coupon code Waldorfie there so you can get access to an extended 30-day free trial of their incredible selection of original audio stories crafted to entertain and enrich your child's developing mind. A super special thanks to our generous Waldorfy Patreon supporters. You can check out patreon.com forward slash Waldorfy to learn more about becoming a supporter. Another great way to support the show is by writing a review. The best place to do this is Apple Podcasts, although technically you can write reviews on most podcast listening platforms. You can also subscribe to the show. That's the best compliment that you'd like to listen to each and every episode. You can also support by following along on social media. You can find Waldorfy at B Waldorfy on Instagram and Twitter. So you all know, I'm actually going to cut way back on Facebook in 2022. I really just can't stand that platform. And I'm really loving the interaction we're getting to have here on Instagram and on Patreon. So if you're listening to this in 2022, know that I won't be active in that space really anymore. And the best places to connect again are Instagram and Patreon and a little bit on Twitter. Big thanks again to all of you listening. Be well.